Thank you for listening to the Crossroads Sermons podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.crossroadstw.org. Well, good morning, Crossroads. How are you doing this morning? Y'all are awake with some extra sleep you had this morning, so we're glad that you are connecting with us. Those of you that are here in the house, those of you that are online, we're glad you're here. And, and I don't know about you guys, but how about that video announcement by Rocky? Huh? Let's just give Rock, let's just let him hear our praise clap. Rock, as you're watching online, we love you. We miss you. Man, we're praying for you, and we cannot wait to have you back worshiping with us. We're grateful for Ryan and all that he's done here these past few weeks, uh, grabbing the baton and picking up the, uh, the, the, the weight of leading us in worship and, and glorifying God and all that we do to sing unto the greatness of our God. Hey, uh, we got some kids in the house. Let's give it up for the kids in the house, the little, little kiddos. Hopefully you all brought your, your notebooks, your pens, your papers. We're going we're gonna to make this message applicable to both children and adults. And it's so good, kids, for you to be in a place where you can learn to worship with adults. And we're blessed with an incredible kids ministry back there, Hannah and, and Kelsey Lynn and, and Kim and all that they're doing back there. But to have kids in here today, this morning, it's, just, it's a good thing. And so if they make a little bit of noise, it's all right. We're not gonna we're not gonna usher them out. Just we're glad they're here with us. And then to to Pastor Marcus, thank you. It, it's always uh, as a young preacher opportunities to grow and to learn under your leadership, uh, to follow in your in your stead, uh, to preach. It's not a light thing that I take lightly. So thank you for this opportunity and uh, the opportunity to open up God's Word and dive in. So if you got your Bibles, turn to Exodus chapter thirty. Exodus chapter 33, that will be our text here this morning. And, and I don't know about you, but how many of y'all are ready to, to step into, to jump into, to launch into 2021? How many of y'all are ready for 2021 to finally be here, right? Amen. It's like, man, 2020, this year that was supposed to be like none other, literally, has been a year unlike any other. And I think what we could probably do in the room this morning, we could probably uh, take all the people in the house, all of you online, we're going to divide us into two sections. All right, there's two types of people. As we think of moving into the new year, there are two types of people. There are type number one, where you map it out before you go, right? The map it outs, the strategics, the planners. And then there's another group over here. Y'all are like the, the make it up as you go type of people. You know what I'm talking about? You're the spontaneous, you're the procrastinator. So where are my map it outers? Where are those that like you're strategic, you're planned, you're like, man, I'm, I'm good to go, right? It's funny because you look at the families, you got one spouse is on one side and the other spouse, where are my procrastinators, right? Like just make it up as we go. We don't need to plan it out. Right? I fully, fully, fully am entrenched on this side of the fence. I am, my wife is laughing over there. She's like, you do you, boo. Like, that's not my thing. Like, I, I am map it out. I am plan it out. I've got my full focus planner. I've got my top 10 goals for 2021. I even have named my goals. All right? I've named my goals based upon like Marvel characters, okay? Uh, so if you're a Marvel fan, Hawkeye, he's my inspiration to hit the golf ball straight. He shoots straight arrows. He's my inspiration to hit straight golf balls, right? Um, Thor, we'll just hashtag gym goals, all right? Everybody's gym goals is Thor, right? <laughs> I've got uh, Captain Marvel. That's, that's, that's for my queen. It's how do, I, 
how do I biblically give my queen the time to tend to her heart, to care for her? I'm, I'm quick to put the kids to bed, but then not give her the attention that she needs at night. So that's my, that's my Captain Marvel one. I've got, I've got my Bruce Banner goal, um, and that's to not let the Hulk out. All right, so let me just, uh, let me just say that, that preachers on stage, we, we're still in the process of sanctification. God's doing a lot of work in my heart, and, and I recognize that there, it's a tendency to, to get snappy or to erupt in anger. And so I've got different goals, and, and those goals give me strategic plans. They give me evals, like all throughout the year. I'm, I'm all on this, right? Some of y'all are with me. You've, you've done your Enneagrams. You've done your Strength Finders. You've, you've done your, your SWOT analysis for 2020, your maps for 2021. I mean, y'all have got your personal goals, the financial goals, the professional goals, the family goals. You got it all gold out. The rest of y'all, you're just losing fellowship with the Lord even thinking about it. You just got a headache in the room. <laughs> but what if I could tell you, for those of you over here that you're like, man, it's, that's a lot to map out. What if I could tell you that there's one thing, just, just one thing that would be the ultimate thing for you to go after in 2021? Just one. Those of us on this side were like, well, <laughs> there can't be just one. There's lots of things. Like, there's, there's no way that one trumps all of them. And there's no way that, like, there's one that would surpass them all. But I think, according to the songs that we just sang here this morning, and according to the text that we're going to dive into here this morning, that, that Moses, he has a great plea, a, a great request that, that really trumps and surpasses all the other goals that we could set out for in 2021, all the other uh, aspirations and desires that we have, if we could line up with this one single request. If you're taking notes, I wonder if you would just ask yourself this question, what is your greatest plea heading into 2021? What's your greatest plea? Write, write that down. Children, write that down. What, what's my greatest request heading into 2021? What is the thing that I long for the most, that I hunger for the most, that I'm pursuing the most, that I'm most passionate about? And if it doesn't line up maybe with what we see here this morning, my prayer is that God's spirit would, 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 would tweak the, the direction that our hearts are set out to maybe align with this plea we're going to see from our text here. So Exodus chapter 33. And parents, this is, this is why it's really good for us to have a, a physical copy of God's word. I understand technology. I know they're good. If you've got a tablet here, I'm not saying that's taboo. If you've got your iPhone, I'm not, I'm not ripping on you. But, but here, let me just share this from a child's perspective. It is so important for them to see us get into God's physical word. And as a kid, I, I, never, I never understood why my dad's Bible, his Bible, it wasn't white. It, it was like a yellowish. And it, it seemed like he like colored in it. I didn't understand. I'm like, why, why is he, he's got highlighters and pens and, and rulers and pencils. Like, I didn't understand it. Like, my Bible was white, and my Bible didn't have any writing other than the written words in it, but, but his was all marked up. And as I got older on in my, in my walk with Jesus and in my faith, I began to understand that, that the yellowness on his pages was from the sweat of his fingers and the tears from his eyes. The hours that he had poured and labored in getting to know his God. That notes and highlights and, and things that God had been pricking his heart for years and years and years, he would record in the scriptures. And it's a, it's a vivid memory that I have that, that, that one day that I'll ask my father, can, can I have your Bible? Because I want to see the intimacy of a relationship that you had with Jesus Christ. 
And I know that our iPhones, they can take good notes. Our tablets, they can, they can store things really well. But, but man, I just think for a child to see mom and dad in the scriptures, oh, it's just powerful. So Exodus chapter 33, let's read together starting in verse 12. Moses says to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Verse 13. Now, therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, consider, too, that please show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor in you. Consider, too, that this nation, they are your people. God said in verse 14, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And he said to them, hey, listen, if your presence does not go with me, don't miss verse 15. If your presence does not go with me, do not bring us up out of here. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, I and your people? Is it not in your going with us so that we are distinct, I and your people? from every other people on the face of the earth. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, that Moses is this, this one thread we're going, to, we're going to drive home today. This one nail we're going to keep pounding until it sinks deep within our hearts and deep within our souls. Moses' great plea, his great request, was simple and straightforward. It was for the presence of God. If you're taking notes, write that down. The presence of God was Moses' great plea. God, I need your presence. So we've got to rewind the narrative a little bit because marinated in this text is so much goodness, but we've got to see where this comes from because the text is setting up the scene. And so if you glance back in your Bible, the last verse of chapter 32 Just kind of a note for those of you that are studying the scriptures, understand the context through which the scriptures are written. The text that goes before and that goes in front of it and understand all that encompasses around it so that we make sure we don't take things out of context, but we see the fullness of the narrative that it's trying to discuss. Exodus chapter 32 and verse 35, we understand. Here's the setting of what has happened. The Lord had sent a plague on the people. Why? Because they made a calf, the one that Aaron had made. Right? So if you recall the story, Moses is up on the mountain. He's encountering God. And there was a delay in his coming back to the people while he's having this encounter with God. And if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, that we need to beware of our impatience because our impatience often will lead to irrational, irresponsible, and improper living. Man, the times that we begin to get get impatient, we begin to do irrational, improper, improper, um, irresponsible things. And so the nation of Israel, because Moses hasn't come back quickly enough, they call Aaron together and say, listen, we need you to make us a calf. Because we need to know what God we're worshiping. So because of delay and, and God not working on their timing, just beware that we get mad at God for not working on our own timing. God says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. 
For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts, and my ways above your ways. Y'all want to write this down. God's timing is always best. God's timing is always best. It doesn't often line up with what we want. Man, we'll get to glory one day, and praise be to God, he didn't give us all the things that we wanted. Praise be to God, he didn't give us all the things that we prayed for. And we shake our fists at God and say, well, why didn't you? And God's like, because I know better. And I've got something better for you. And God was about ready to give them the revelation of himself through, through the written tablets of stone. But they, they said, Moses, you delayed. So we'll just make it up on our own. And as a result of that, there is some, some punishment, some chastisement for their sins. Make no mistake about this. God's forgiveness of sins does not remove his consequence for the sins. We we, got to understand the theology of where God is love, indeed, one of his greatest characteristics. That love, though, does not surpass his justice. They're married together in one. And so we got to understand that, well, my God, he's a loving God. He'll forgive me. And he will, he will, he will. He'll forgive you. He'll wash you clean. He'll separate as far as the east is from the west. However, that does not negate the fact that consequences and punishment come from our decisions to walk away in rebellion against our great God. I'm going to write this down. Be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure your sins will. We'll find you out. Maybe as we walk into 2021, that there's some cleansing that just needs to be done deep within our hearts. Now, what are some things that we need to let go of? Hebrews says to, to lay aside every sin and every weight that so easily entangles us. What is it we need to drop and let go of, go of as we head into 2021? Because notice here in Exodus 33, let's go back to verse 1 and let's, let's fill in what's happening here. So after that, the Lord says to Moses, hey, depart and go up from here. Now, this is always great that, that even in the midst of the punishment, this plague that happened to the people that probably lasted days to weeks to months, and the people probably thinking, man, maybe I've, maybe I've missed out on all that God had for me. You might just want to write down in your notes that God's, God's not done with you yet. He's not, he's not done with you yet. And maybe somebody here in the room just felt like, man, I've, I've messed up too much in the past. Man, I've sinned and I've disobeyed and you don't know the, the, the things that I've done. And, but listen, I know the things that God did, the thing he did for you and the thing he did for me on the cross. And it covers that. That's why Paul says in Romans chapter 8, then there's no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And so he's saying, Moses, it's, it's time to get up and, and go, Right? I haven't finished the mission that I have for you. And the spiritual journey that God has for every believer in this room, those watching online, for children who are heirs of the throne of God Almighty, there is a journey called sanctification. This process, kids, that's a big daddy word. Kids say sanctification. That's a big daddy word. Your parents help you with it. What it means is the process of being made more like Christ. That we are in a journey, spiritually speaking, that God is taking us to make us look more like him. The Lord said, Moses, depart, go up from here, you and the people whom you've brought up out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Aren't you glad for God's covenantal promises? 
Aren't you glad that, that God's promises link back to his own covenant that he made and, and he doesn't renege on his promises? He doesn't push them aside. He doesn't fail on him. God is faithful to his word. And Moses knew that. And Moses knew that in the midst of the punishment, in the midst of the sin of the people, that there was a plea that he had for God's very presence. Look at this, verse 2. I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and all the termites. I'm going to drive them all out. And at a casual reading, we would say, hey, pretty cool to have an angel out there in the outfield, right? If you've seen the movie Angel in the Outfield and, and that baseball team that was a bunch of uh, ragtag guys that couldn't do anything until the angels came and, and helped them win ball games. And so for a lot of us, we'd read the text and say, hey, if God's going to offer me an angel, that's a good thing. We want to write this down. Any substitute for God is a horrible thing. Any substitute for God does not satisfy. Any substitute, anything less than God's very presence, Moses understood that as great as an angel was, it was far less than Jesus himself. And Moses says, I want his presence. Look at verse 3. God describes, go up to a land that's flowing of milk and honey. Look at what it says. But I will not go. There was a, a divine departure of his presence to the nation of Israel. Sin is that thing that, that quenches the Holy Spirit, and it causes the blockade in our walk and the flow of God in and through our lives. How, how many of y'all ever been outside washing a car with your family? Anybody done the family car washes? From a family car washes that, right? Which typically is get your bathing suit on because the kids are just going to try to have like a, a water fight, right? I mean, the bucket with soap, it's going to get kicked over. Whoever mans the hose, they're going to spray everybody. And it's just going to be a crazy mess. And the car may or may not actually get washed. But you're sitting out there and, and you're, you're going around the car and you're trying to rinse it off and hose it off. And, and, the, and the water's turned on and it's been spraying really good. Until you get to the back side of the car and you, and you go to spray it and no water comes out man, like, what's going on? You go to spray it again, and no, no water comes out. Like, I know the hose is on. I know, I know the spigot's on. The water should be flowing fully, but it's not. Why? Got a kink in the hose. Got a blockade. I, I wonder, spiritually speaking, if there's any kinks in our hoses in our relationship with God here this morning. Some things where God says, man, I want to be flowing in and through you in a powerful way, but there's some things that are blocking my ability, my presence to fully be with you. So God doesn't remove his promise. He just removes his divine presence. I'll send an angel, but I won't go with you. And to the nation of Israel, it breaks them. I mean, look at this. When they heard the word in verse 4, this disastrous word, they mourned the worst thing possible for them would be to lose the power and personal presence of Jesus in their lives. I wonder what our response would be. I, I wonder if, if in the banner of a, a bunch of believers that, that love God, that want to know God, God asked me this, Josh, I, I know you love me. I know you get up in the morning to, to read my word. I know you've got accountability partners. I know you love to pray. I know you love me, but do you want me? 
Like, do, like, do you hunger for my presence? Not, not just getting up in the morning and doing your devotions, not just praying, and, and that's, that's an, an overflow of things, but we can get caught up in doing the Christianese things and forget the one we're actually doing them for. We can get caught up in doing all these things for God and forget the longing of God's presence. We can get so caught up in doing the church thing that we missed out on the Christ behind the church thing, and all of a sudden, if this were to be, have a removal of God's presence for some of us, we might not even know it. Matter of fact, we might have been operating in 2020 with a kink toes, so to speak. And we forgot that what, it, what it means to have the, the fullness of God flowing through. And to the nation of Israel, this was the worst thing possible to lose the presence of God Almighty. To lose it. To not have it. Moses comes in and says, this, is, this cannot be. Like, it, it, it must not be. And so he asked them, the Lord says, listen, you need, to, you need to put away these ornaments. For the Lord said to Moses, verse 5, say to the people of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. If for a single moment I should go up among you, I would consume you. So Moses then sets up a, a tent outside in verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it up outside the camp, far off from the camp. And he called it the tent of meeting. Now this, this is different than the tabernacle to which the nation of Israel was used to, finely adorned, specifically arrayed, set up in very specific order with Aaron and the priests and corporate worship being designed around it. This was very different. This was a very symbolic picture of, of God had removed his personal presence outside the camp. There was a distance because of the, the lack of obedience and the sin in the lives of the Israelites. God then moved himself over, and it says in verse 7, everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting. Now, y'all got to write this down. You don't just stumble. We don't just stumble into godliness. We don't just happen into holiness. We don't just arrive at righteousness without a very intentional pursuit of the presence and the person of God. You got to go after it. We, we, don't, we, don't just, we don't just stumble our way in. We've got we to go. We've got to be organized in our thought and our attention and in our attitude after God. And so Moses sets up this tent outside. And then he has these words, he has these words with God, starting in verse 12. He says, Lord, you say to me, bring up these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. Moses knows something. The task at hand is greater than what he can do in and of himself. Do you and I recognize that our task at hand is greater than what you and I can do in and of ourselves? Not just, that, not just that I want the Holy Spirit, not just that I want God's presence, but, but to need his presence. Because Moses says this, you've not let me know who you'll send with me. You've said I know you by name and that I've found favor in your sight. But therefore, if I have found favor in your sight, show me your ways that I may know you in order to find favor. For consider too that this nation is your people. 
God says, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. And Moses says in verse 15, if your presence doesn't go with me, then I'm not going. Like, like what a decree to have here this morning. Hey, for 2021, God, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going. God, if your presence isn't the very thing that walks in front of me, then I don't want to take a step. God, if your presence isn't the very thing that stands next to me, then I can't survive. The only way for me to accomplish the mission that you've put on my life is to have your very presence there with me. I mean, Moses knew his assignment. From Exodus, they're at Sinai. But from Sinai, they need to get to the promised land. I love the whole concept of the promised land. All foreshadowing the great one day, the redemption of the garden, the great promised land to spend an eternity with Christ, the precious land that will be with him forever to those who put their faith, hope, and trust in Jesus. But Moses knew there were some obstacles on the way. We read about the the nations of people that would be in opposition as they travel that way. So Moses knew, if your presence isn't with me, I have no power in and of my own. I have no victory in and of my own. I have no blessing in and of my own. God, I need your presence. Have we got to a point in our lives that we think we can function without the presence and power of God in our lives? Is there an area? Moses' passionate plea was for full restoration, full guarantee of the accompaniment, that he would know the identity of the companion that was with him. Not God outside at a tent, but God went back within, around, and encased with his people, that he is back in close proximity with his people. I mean, there was a hunger for it. We've had that before, right? How many of y'all have ever, uh, ever gone to a concert before? You ever gone to a concert before, right? How many of y'all have ever um, lined up extra early? You stayed up all night, lined up to get tickets for that concert? And then not only tickets, because you got to get there early because you want to sit in the what? Front row. I want to I get as close to that stage as possible. Oh, I literally want to, I want to have the, the sweat off the brow as he's shaking his head. Like, I, I, want, I want to feel it. I want to be up there. I mean, I want to be able to smell the stinky breath. I want to be close to that guy. I'm going to even pay for backstage passes, which is worth more than the ticket, for like 15 seconds to get an autograph from a guy that's not even going to look at me. But I'm going to do it anyway, right? Because I want, I want to get as close to them as possible. Man, the effort that we'll go to for a football game, for a concert, for so many things in our life, to get as close to as possible. Oh, what would it look like in 2021 if that was our aim? One single aim, one single mission, one single desire to, to, to yada, to know the Lord, to get close to him, to get back into firm relationship. Moses didn't want to walk alone. I pray that we don't want to walk alone. We want to walk in step with God the Father. It's interesting, we, we just came off of, of Christmas and opened up a lot of great presents and then filled up the trash cans with, with wrappings and boxes, and it was a, a great time. But when we think of God's presence, we've we got to be careful of something. You can spell presence two different ways, with a T and with a C. 
If we're not careful in the Christian world, we'll get caught up in hungering for God's presence with a T and we'll miss out on his presence with a C. That the greatest longing of our heart, God, he ain't no cosmic Coke machine, right? He's no, no galactic genie. He's no big old pinata that we can push a button or we can hit with a stick and out comes that which we want. God is a holy, righteous, king of kings, lord of lords, creator of the universe, and it's in him that we find our fullness. And that is what we ought to long for on a day-to-day basis because nothing else will satisfy. Think of Moses. Think Think of Moses on the backside of a desert at a burning bush. And think of Moses in, in the courts of Pharaoh, Pharaoh's palace with a staff in his hand. Think of Moses on, on the banks of the Red Sea as the mighty wind comes in, or in the desert of Shur when he finds 12 springs, where in the morning he found some manna and at night he had some quail, where water came from a rock and words were written on a stone at Sinai. Moses knew, check this out, just like you and I do, of the power of the presence of God. Moses, Moses knew like you and I know. He, he, he knew it. And because he had experienced it, write this down, because he had experienced it, nothing else would do. Because he had experienced it, nothing else would do. Like he didn't care for anything else. Didn't want anything else. And I remember when I took one of my best friends back home to, uh, out to eat to Texas Day Brazil. Anybody ever been to Texas Day Brazil? It's one of those all-you-can-eat steak restaurants, right? Literally, you put a, a chip on the table. Green means go. Keep on bringing the meat. Red means stop. And they just keep bringing out whatever cut of meat you want. And we walked in, and, and of course you walk by, and there's the, the salad bar. Amen to the boo, Right? He walked in, he's like, yo, look at that salad bar. They got like meats and cheeses and and veggies. I'm like, Johnny, we came here for some steak, all right? Don't mess with the salad bar. Bro, it's called an appetizer for a reason. You eat the appetizer. I'm like, you don't eat an appetizer at an all-you-can-eat steak restaurant. He's like, I'm going to get some. I'm like, bro, you're your first rodeo, man. You messing up. So he he, he fills his plate, and all of a sudden, out come the guys, right? Brazilian sauces, beef braised ribs, rack of lamb, bacon-wrapped chicken, flank steak, filet mignon. All of a sudden, he looks at me and pushes that little side of appetizers aside. He said, man, I don't need that anymore. And we we can get so caught up in in the presence of God with a T and in the the finger trimmings, the salad bar stuff of, of the benefits of a relationship with Jesus that we miss out on the meat of God's very personal presence in our lives. We don't follow God for the side trimmings. We follow God for who he is and for his presence. He blesses us with things on the sides, but we don't pursue the blessing. We pursue him, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior of all. Why do we do this? Moses hits on this as we kind of turn the page to land the plane here this morning. Look what he says in verse 16. For how shall it be known? Hey, how shall it be known that I found favor in your sight? That I and your people, is it not in your going with us? Notice what the text says. So that what? We are distinct. Do you know that our distinguishing mark is in the Spirit's work within us? 
that what distinguishes us, what's our signature, it's not an angel that's around us, it's the author that's within us. Moses knew his only distinguishing mark was God the Father. It was Yahweh, that the nation of Israel in and of themselves had done nothing to earn God's favor in their people. And then all the great miracles that God had done was, was check this, it was, it was not just for the nation of Israel. It was for the elevation of who God was. So in this, in this plea is an evangelistic cry. We, got, we need to understand this. We're not walking into 2021 asking for betterment of ourselves. God, give me your presence so I can have your power. Yes, but not for me, but for you. Not so that I can have victory, but so that you can have victory. Not so I can have blessing, so that you can have blessing. So, so track with me. Isaiah says that we were created to bring God glory. Kids, you know this one. Romans says, for all have sinned in what? Fallen short of the glory of God. I never understood that. We have fallen short of the glory of God. We've fallen short of the glory of God because we were created to bring God glory. The purpose to which a bat is created is to hit a ball. The purpose to which the microwave is created is to heat the food. The purpose for which you and I created, fashioned and formed here on this earth is to bring glory unto God. Moses understood no God, no glory, not in and of himself, but for him. How would the nation of Israel look any different without the presence of God? How will you and I look any different for God's glory because we are his ambassadors. We're an epistle red note of men. We're this salt and the light on the earth. I mean, it's like peanut butter without jelly. Like spaghetti without any sauce. It's like popcorn without any butter. It's like some burnt ends without some sweet baby rays. Amen? I mean, I mean it's, it's lacking flavor and favor. And how will the world say that God is the greatest? How will the world hunger and thirst for the God we know if they can't see him living in our lives? So Moses prays for this distinguishing mark. Y'all been watching some Christmas movies, right? See the movie Home Alone. Kevin's having this battle with Marvin with Harry, right? The, the looters. And every time they would loot a home, what would they do? They were known as the wet bandits, right? That was their distinguishing mark. Man, our distinguishing mark is the power and the presence of God Almighty. I mean, I mean, think about it. What got us through 2020? Certainly wasn't the economy. Certainly wasn't the political party that you stand with. Certainly wasn't the job title on over your desk or your 401k account or your personal health, what got us through 2020 was the very presence of God the Father. Amen. What will get us through 2021 is the presence of God the Father. And what will sustain us for all of eternity is the presence yes, of God the Father. Yes, there was a story of a professor that came to university and began to wax eloquently in this seminar to debunk Christianity, to show the inaccuracy of Scripture, to show that it's invalid, it's not authoritative, and it could not be true to follow. And so for about an hour and a half, he, he gave his spiel, he had his PowerPoint, he kind of had everything laid out, and just boom, 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 just, just drilled it, 
just, just nailed it. Has had all these, these young college students that just kind of deer in the headlights. Like, wow, like, I guess there's really no way the Bible could be real. There's just really no way that God could be real. He finished up his, his message and he kind of put his notes together and closed his book and said, any questions from the floor? Of course, I mean, there's no, no student that was dumb enough to dare challenge a guy on stage. It's so a way up back in the back. You hear a chair flop back and forth, and an old man stands up and grabs his brown bag and reaches his hand into the bag and says, Sir, that was a, uh, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal speech you had there. He said, uh, I'm really, I mean, I'm really impressed. I mean, if you can tell, I'm an old guy. I'm, I've been around a long time, but, you know, I've never, never heard me talk like that before. I mean, your education, it's just, it's just phenomenal. I mean, the way you, the way you put it, you, you almost convinced me. And everything you said out there was true. Almost. So, sir, you, you asked if anybody had a question. I've got one, one simple question for you. Answer this. Is this apple sweet or is it sour? Sweet. I kind of stood back and perplexed, thought for a second, and, and said, sir, um, that's impossible for me to know because I've, I've never tasted your apple. You know what the old man said back to him? Neither have you tasted the goodness of my God. Drops his apple in the bag and walks off the stage. So here's my, here's my question for us tonight. For, the, for those this morning, for those in the room that have never tasted the goodness of God, there's no better way to enter 2021 than to invite God's presence into your life. To, to admit your need of a Savior. Life in and of yourself, on your own, it's incomplete, it's lacking, and it leads to an eternity separate from the God who created you, who loves you, and sent his son to die on a cross for you. If you would just, in faith, put your faith and hope and trust in him, he will rescue you, he will forgive you, redeem you, restore you, and lead you into new life in him. And you've tried life on your own. But why not submit your knee to the God and Father, Lord and Savior, King of kings, Lord of all, and enter 2021 in his presence? Maybe in the room here, maybe online, you just need to pray a prayer. There's no, fa no fancy formula. There's, there's no perfect words. It's just your acknowledgement that, God, I recognize I need you, and I want you. Not just a head knowledge thing, not just a, I pass go, I collect 200 bucks from, from playing the game Monopoly, get me out of jail free card, but I want you and your presence. Would you come into my life and save my soul? And if you made that decision, there's, there's a staff member that would love to talk with you online and we'd love to come alongside you and encourage you.
in your new life in Jesus. The scriptures say, taste and see that the Lord is good. There's, there's a lot of us that have tasted the sweetness of our God. Here's my prayer, that as the deer pants for the water, that our soul, it would just, it would thirst for him. And the one thing that we, our, our greatest aim, the one thing we'd go after in 2021 is, is not the side trimmings, but it's Jesus himself, his presence. Lord, invite your presence into my life. I need you. Why? Not just so I get the blessing, so that people can see you through me and more around me in my home, on my street, in my job, in my church, in my community, in this city, in this world will get to know the greatness of our God. So Heavenly Father, that's our plea and that is our prayer. More of you, less of me. Father, would you come down and reign supremely in our hearts here this morning. Father, if there's someone here that, that doesn't know you, would you tug in their hearts to know you? And Father, for those of us that just need to surrender more of ourselves, would we lay it at your feet would we lay it at your feet? Would we lay it at your feet so that what marks us, what distinguishes us in 2021 and for the rest of our lives is your presence. Father, we've tasted it and we've seen it's good. Draw our hearts back afresh this morning. It's your name we pray. Amen.